Welcome to the Mama Bear Apologetics Podcast. A podcast where we teach you to roar like a mother. And by roar, we mean recognize the message, offer discernment, argue for a healthier approach, and reinforce these ideas with your kids. Unless you want to growl around your house. I mean, that's cool too. <laughs> You're like, check it, we keep it reels. <laughs> that's so bad. You're awesome. Mama Bear Apologetics is a listener-supported program, so if you like what we do, head on over to the Mama Bear Apologetics website and click support. It's time to rise up, ladies. Rise up, Mama Bears. This might not affect your faith, but it might affect your children's. Hey there, Mama and Papa Bears. We are so glad that you are turning into another one of our podcasts. And our podcasts have kind of been on hold for a little bit. We have been bogged down with the book launch and interviews. And so it is just, it is nice to get back into the swing of things and get this new podcast out there. Well, I'm just so glad for y'all to be here at this time, and we're thankful for everyone who's been so supportive of the book that's just come out. If you have not left your review yet on whether it's Amazon Books, we're also listed at Target, ChristianBooks.com, we would love it if you could get out and list this review so that way we can just support others and with the outreach of this book. And so with me today, I've got a really great gal. Her name is Gail Carter, and she is the founder of The Dolls Ministry, which is the daughter of our living Lord and saviors. And it is just an awesome ministry. I'm going to let her talk about it. But this ministry is so great because it's equipping teen girls to stand firm in the faith right where they're planted, right in public school, which is awesome. Now, I know some of you, oh my goodness, this fly, y'all, right now, if if you're just listening in the audio, you haven't seen it. There is like one single fly in my house and he's just making his presence known. So um, that's what you saw on the the recording just a second ago. if you are a boy mom, I don't want you to tune out of this ministry because, or this podcast because this podcast is still relevant to you because all the principles we're talking about, what, uh, even though she's referencing girls or we're talking about girls, this is just as applicable to the boys in your house. So like I said, I've got Gail Carter with me and we were actually just on an expert panel within our apologetics uh, community talking about the, the modern teenage mind and the things that teens are facing right now. And so she made it a great comment about the importance of having mentors within your teen's life. And I'm not talking mom or dad. I'm talking other people within your Christian church, whether they are young adults or adults pouring into teens and, and just the importance of that. So Gail, I'm, I'm just so excited. And thank you so much for coming out and being here today. Thank you. It's such a joy to be with you today, Amy. Oh, I know. And and I've been able to hang out with Gail before. She's so fun. And for those of you who are listening on the audio, I definitely encourage you to uh, check out our recording, uh, our video recording on YouTube, because her office is absolutely gorgeous. It is serious. Like the best description is Elle Woods meets ministry. It is just, it's fantastic. You know, Um, we we office out of the Hope Center here in Plano, Texas. And the Hope Center is an office building that houses over 60 other Christian ministries. And we're the only teen ministry. And so we've become known as the answer to seasonal depression in our office. (laughs) (laughs) That is so perfect. Seriously. Oh my gosh. How about now? Do you guys have like pink Christmas decor? Because her office, if you're listening, her office is is pink and gold and gorgeous. And do, do you deck it out in the same way? You know it. Absolutely. Okay, you're going to have to send me pictures because I want to see this. So, Gail, for those people who uh, don't know about your ministry or haven't met you, can you just give your testimony, just share a little bit about how this ministry came about and what what the doll's mission is? Yeah, so I got saved at a very young age myself. By God's grace, 
I was 15 years of age. I was going to high school in a public school setting. And my family, we were not Christians. None of us had been saved. Um, but we surely would have considered ourselves Christians. You know, we yeah. were Americans and we had a Christmas tree there or we're Christians, right? <laughs> and so we would have considered by all accounts ourselves Christians. And I uh, had a crush on a boy, actually. And he did not have a crush on me. He had mm. a crush on another girl. And this other young lady was a Christian. And so she invited him to go to church with him. In fact, she said, um, I will only go to homecoming with you if you start coming to youth group with me. And so he started going to youth group and you sure bet my jealous little heart was at youth group as well. Oh my gosh, how funny. <laughs> so I show up and I start going for months and months and months. And then I end up hearing the gospel for the first time for myself. And I fall in love with Jesus instead. And oh, that's so awesome. that's how the Lord captured my heart. And um, funny tail end of that story, though, uh, that young man got saved later in life in college, and I am not married to him. Oh, so, <laughs> that is so hilarious. Oh, my gosh, that's the awesome. Lord used it to come full circle. But with all that to be said, what ended up happening was, you know, getting saved at a young age um, and knowing that I, realizing that I was among a household where we were not Christian, mm -hmm. I really developed a heart for evangelism in a um, public school setting because I felt like to some extent that was how the Lord had reached me is through that young lady at that public school, inviting me to her church, I was able to hear the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so that was the first thing that the Lord did. And the second thing the Lord did was um, he got me involved with a Christian girls ministry, all girls at the, when I was in college. Mm -hmm. And so I'm involved with this organization and I'm just seeing my personal discipleship skyrocket uh, because the distraction of the boys was gone. Yeah. All the other organizations I had been involved with up until that point were co-ed. And mm. there was always a small degree of my interest in it. Uh, was I was motivated by finding my good Christian husband, right? Yeah. And so remove that. And all of a sudden it was like, Jesus was my only focus. And it was absolutely making me grow faster, further than I had ever grown in my life so far. So it was those two catalysts that I think the Lord used to help me define the mission that I have for the dolls ministry as early in life as possible. If we can reach these kids with the gospel, let's do it. So yeah. where are these kids? They're in the public school setting. So mm -hmm. let's go meet them there where they're at after school. And then with the all girls setting, let's bring it to them in that format where all the distractions are gone. And so the idea of dolls was birthed. And so what we do is we partner with young ladies who get also get saved at a young age. And we've basically built a tool for them to go into their public school and use to be evangelists, to be missionaries on their campus. And so these young ladies, they have all the religious liberty in the world to share their faith. We can't go in and do it. We get in trouble if we go in and try to evangelize. But these students, they can't. And so we've just basically empowered them to do that. And these ladies go in and host after school meetings where they're sharing the gospel and discipling one another every single week after school. 
That is, that is awesome. And man, I can speak to, to so much truth in that because I've also done uh, apologetics clubs at high schools. Uh, and it's, it's hard, even if you do it after school hours, which is typically the requirement, either before school or after school. That way, you know, you have that separation that most schools require. You will still get so much pushback to try and get you out of there. Whereas the teens, they're in there the entire time. So if you have these young believers who are hungry for discipleship, evangelism, all of that, they have a mission field that we do not have access to. So they get eight hours of it, whereas the average uh, adult, you know, gets them maybe one hour on Wednesday and another on Sunday. And so, yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. And two, we were talking a little bit before we started recording the podcast on just the importance of presence in public school, especially nowadays with how our culture is shifting and being so aggressive in the secular evangelism within the public school. A lot of parents are pulling their kids out. And I totally understand that that feeling of wanting to protect your kiddos too. But there are other parents who, Christian parents who kind of feel, I don't know, I've, I've seen Christian parents almost feel vilified for keeping their kids in public school, either because they can't uh, time-wise or financially afford homeschool or private school. And if that's one of you, if you're one of the public school parents out there, you know what? We just want to encourage you. You are doing awesome. Your kids are, are can flourish in that. And yeah, I just, I just want to take just a quick moment just to encourage those parents that, you know what, God, God is able to work in any and all circumstances. And, yeah. and yeah, this, this ministry, I love it because it does. It, it takes kids who have declared their faith in Christ and gives them the tools to be able to minister to those around them, which teens, as Gail, I'm sure you're familiar with, a lot of them, when, when you first get saved, I mean, you're on fire. Like you just, you want to speak about Christ. And, uh, and this is such a great ministry and, uh, because it, it, it capitalizes on that, so to speak, and gives them the tools to minister to others. Um, one thing you, oh, go ahead. I said, I I was just going to comment that one of the things that I find fascinating is so often you, when you hear people talk about teenagers getting saved at a young age, they'll, they'll say the comment, they're the church of the future. Mm -hmm. And I just wholeheartedly disagree with that. If the Lord is saving them at a young age, they're the church of today. Yeah. And so we just are all about getting those girls in play at a very young age. As soon as the Lord saves them, let's not wait until they're 21 years of age and they're adults mm-hmm. to help them get, be useful to the kingdom. Let's start now. Absolutely. And man, can I just say a huge amen to just having a ministry that's all girls? I mean, that is awesome. Or even just all boys. Cause yes, I, I remember a youth group uh, in probably early middle school and it looked no different from the lunchroom at school. I mean, it was so clicky and it was all about who was dating who. Like there was just not as much, and maybe that was just unique to ours, but there was not as much spiritual development to where when you take that, that sort of I don't know, social pressure out of it to where it's no, it's just girls discipling girls, guys discipling guys. You really can have that great spiritual growth because you're not, you know, you, you don't have to be like, okay, well, wait, who's, who's looking over here and who's talking and who am I going to sit next to on the bus to, you know, to youth camp, you know, that is just, yes. that's awesome. So I love the fact that dolls is, is just for girls. Cause yeah, it, it helps bond those, uh, those female bonds between us, you know, to where we can build each other up. Yes. We, we laughed because one of the young ladies at one point told us, I like dolls so much because they're speaking my language. And I said, well, yeah. what, what do you mean by that? She said, well, teenager. And I mm-hmm. thought, well, there it is. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Y'all relate. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, that is so awesome. So you mentioned in our panel discussion about the importance of having mentors other than parents in the lives of our children. And I wanted you just to speak a little more on that. What, why do you think it's so important to have other adults and young adults actively involved in the lives of our kiddos? Yeah, so this has become something that I've grown in passion over through the 15 years that the Lord's given me to work with the dolls ministry is I just see such a need in this. And I think that your audience will relate. You guys will understand where I'm at here. Think of your own teenage years. Mm -hmm. When I was a teenager, there was a certain point in age where it's like that umbilical cord is, it's not being cut. It's being yeah. stretched though. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So we're at that age where it's stretching and we're starting to want to spread our wings a little bit and see what we're capable of without our parents helping to mm -hmm. guide us. And so every teenager is going to go through it. It's a natural developmental stage that we all must see. Mm -hmm. What I fear is that we have parents who are so accustomed to seeing their children as children mm -hmm. that whenever their child hits that age where they've rolled into that young adult area of life, that developmental stage of life, they miss it and they continue to want to protect and cover and um, just be their children's all. And what it ends up ultimately doing is, A, it could create a codependent relationship, mm -hmm. um, and B, it doesn't allow their child to spread their wings the way that they ought to. And so a mentorship is a really great way, while that umbilical cord is being stretched, that a parent can allow a child to start seeking outside counsel, um, learning and growing from other people, and develop the art of finding reliable resource in their life because that's going to be something they need for the rest of their lives. Their parents are simply not capable of being their all in all. And so how do we teach our teenagers to find other people, to leverage the, the um, wisdom and experience all around us? Um, I think mentorship is the first step in that. Oh yeah. I, and I love that. I, so I've got a kid, my oldest is 14 and we were, my husband and I were just talking. We're like, wow, you know, in another four to five years, he's out of the house and you, you do, you kind of have this panic moment of, oh my gosh, my, my baby's gone. And I love that you point to it being a necessary stage in development because it is, I think this is where we have a lot of our problems of this sort of perpetual infancy in grown adults, you know, to where you see adults who are acting so much like children. And it's because they, they haven't had these natural natural uh, milestones met. They haven't been shepherded on, okay, wait, here's how you transition into adulthood. Here's how we have good decision-making. Here's how we form bonds with other people. That's one of the big things, Gail, that I'm sure you're familiar with is teens, when they go off to college, oftentimes they struggle to find a church or they don't even try to seek it out. And I think maybe part of that is because for one, they haven't been shepherded on how to do that, how to, how to go and filter through, okay, which church is appropriate, that sort of thing, which has good equipping, uh, good theology, all that but they also haven't been taught how to reach out and form bonds with others. And so I, I love that you make this point because yes, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those sad stages in development. It's not as cute as like when they're turning to walk, we're actually equipping them into adulthood, but it's necessary. If we want well-rounded, solid Christian adults, we need to capitalize on this form of their, um, this aspect of their development and help them to form bonds and to be able to recognize other godly Christians and reach out and connect with them. I mean, that's how the church grows, right? Right. That's exactly right. I just think of, uh, just recently I was contacted by a parent who 
uh, she had, she called me because her daughter had just reached that teenage year and she goes, yeah. I need help. This is different. <laughs> Isn't it out. though? Oh my gosh. <laughs> She's like, what do you know? And so she starts describing the circumstance to me and I, I gave her the same counsel. I said, you need to start facilitating uh, mentorship in her life. Mm. And I started describing to her what we're talking about here, why teenagers have a need for that. And I just, I shared with her, your kid is going to do that without your, with or without your guidance. So mm. why not do it with the guidance? And it was interesting because her response to me is she said, Gail, you just blew my mind because we have a, a family next door who has children who are the age of my younger children. Mm. And I find my younger kids want to go over to play with the kids, but my, my teenage daughter wants to go over there and talk with the mom. And now this is an unbelieving family. And she goes, I never thought about it, but now the dots have connected for me. She's going over there because she has found mentorship in that, that woman that Mm -hmm. she's looking for. And I said, Mm -hmm. that's exactly right. And so now you see that your daughter's going to do it with or without your guidance. Why not step in as a Christian mom who wants to protect your daughter and make sure that the counsel she's getting is of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Why not facilitate that with a woman in your church or a man in your church for the, the sons out there, the moms of sons and, and help them to find the right godly counsel yeah. for these next formative years of their lives. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And they, they truly will. So, okay. So that brings me to my next question is how have within this ministry, how have you seen this sort of work out in a ripple effect with your girls? Like how have you seen these gals come through your mentoring ship program um, and seen the growth and development, not just within them, but also maybe within their schools and their own home lives? One of the things that strikes me is we hear from parents a lot who uh, we get their girls whenever they're in middle school age. And so what, you know, some of these girls are 13 years of age, which seems mm-hmm. super young. Yeah. Um, but when we get them, we haven't had 13 years prior of diapers and mm-hmm. in knees on playgrounds. And so when I get my thir- this 13 year old in front of me, she's just a 13 year old. Mm-hmm. She's not a child to me. And so I get the advantage as their mentor to come in and just start treating them as young adults. Yeah, and immediately call them to that higher level without any of the um, years of a previous relationship that can blur those lines. And so they come to me and I raise the bar for them and I'm able to treat them as though they actually are adults. And what they end up doing is they reach for the bar. Mm. And what the parents end up commenting to us after the fact is, I didn't know my daughter was capable of this you drew something out in her that I did not even expect to be there. Mm. And so I think that's a really beautiful thing of mentorship is you, you get to raise the bar in a way that is sometimes difficult for, for parents to do because you guys are following day by day what they're doing. Whereas yeah. I get to come in and I get to shoot them seven years ahead of what they actually are. Oh my gosh. And, and that's awesome because honestly, and our culture is so counter in that regard. It's okay if they're struggling or if they're at this age, you know, we want them to succeed. So instead of encouraging them to reach a higher level, we lower the bar so that way it's easier for them to succeed. And I love that this ministry is no, it's not about that. And oh my gosh, Gail, I'm, I'm sure you can remember like being 13 and having another adult treat you as like 
and equal in that regard, I mean, that'll make you cling to that person just that in and of itself, because it's like, oh my gosh, you're, you're wanting to be grown up. You want, especially girls, you know, developmentally, they, they mature a lot faster than, uh, than boys. And so, yeah, being a 13 year old girl and having somebody who can pour into you and see you see the potential in you is, um, is, is so encouraging. I mean, you, you just want to go and seek that out. I think that acceptance factor is a major part of the mentorship process too. I think these teenagers, they want to feel accepted and they know that they're accepted by their parents. They know they're loved unconditionally by them. But now they're at that point where they're starting to wonder, am I accepted by the rest of the world? And so if you've got an adult uh, role model who can come in and say, yes, you are, that's going to open the door for so much potential there. We end up having conversations with girls that they're afraid to talk with their parents about because maybe yeah. they're, they're hearing something at school that is um, dicey and they don't mm-hmm. want their mom to know that they've heard about that thing. So mm. the mentor ends up being the one who has to filter in a lot of those conversations. I can't tell you how many conversations I have had that I'm like, I feel like mom should be answering this. <laughs> <laughs> right? But the reality is, they, they're looking for someone else that is not mom to right. answer that question. And so I stop myself and I go, no, it's either going to be me or it's going to be their peer on the playground. Mm-hmm. And I would rather it be a godly Christian woman or godly Christian man who is giving the response to it than their peer. Because exactly. that's where a lot of the danger comes in. When these kids end up counseling each other over things they know nothing about, mm-hmm. we get a lot of group think and we end up in a state as a nation like we are in, in this day and time. Oh, absolutely. And then just to even throw in the social media factor of being shepherded by complete strangers via TikTok, Instagram, Quora, Reddit. I mean, oh my gosh, your teen is going to go outside of you for answers. And yes, the importance of having people present, physically present in their life is huge because yeah, they're, that's not going to deter them from going on the internet at their friend's house or on their phones or whatever and looking up information. However, they will have stronger bonds with someone who's physically in front of them, physically pouring into them. So yeah, it's so necessary to have these. Cause like you mentioned with, uh, the one gal's family where the teen daughter was going to the neighbor, you know, okay, yes, she's seeking out mentorship. This is good and natural. However, what is the source of information? What is the filter that's going to be there? And yeah, yeah, to be able to have people who have the Christian worldview pouring into your teen for one, it's going to make the Christian worldview more attractive because to some regard, especially with kids, right? Your mom, you know? So when you can have somebody else who might be, oh, this person might be cooler or whatever. It's like, oh, wow, they're saying the same stuff mom is. Wait a second. Maybe mom knows what she's talking about. Yeah. It's crazy. But, um, but it's so important for kids. And, and, oh, I just, I love it. I, I totally yeah, agree. I appreciate what you're saying there too, because I think one of the fears that a lot of parents have about doing this is that fear of like losing the child, that they're going to not be right the most important thing in their lives anymore. And I just want to speak against that because the reality is, yes, the the teenagers are at this stage of life where they're testing whether or not they can live this life without mom and dad. But to have a mentor come in is not going to cause a break in that relationship. In fact, if you're able to facilitate a good mentorship relationship Mm -hmm. for your child, that's going to actually enhance your parent-child relationship later on. Your job is to raise them in such a way that causes them to appreciate you whenever they're adults, um, not be their friend now. So Mm -hmm. allow them to go to that person that can be their somewhat of a friend, that mentor now, and a good mentor is always going to point them back to their parents. 
Yeah. And like you were saying, affirm what the parents are saying so that they then go, wow, my parents are wise. Yeah. Oh no, that, yeah, absolutely. And I think that you're kind of, you're hitting on maybe one of the fears is, you know, as a parent, we are, you know, the primary shepherd and nurturer for our kids. So when they hit those teenage uh, ages, I think maybe, maybe more so for girls. Um, Cause I I've got all boys, right? So if they like, if other guys, they're talking to them, you could, that doesn't affect me as much, but I think maybe if it was a daughter, cause you, you do, you want to have that special mom bond of, you know, I always think of all those pictures of like the mom and the daughter with the magic aprons and everything. And all of a sudden you're shifting into the teen years that there might be a little bit, I hate to say pride issue, but there might be a little bit of a territorial issue. Like, oh, this is supposed to be my baby. And, and, you know, now she's going to somebody else. It's like, it almost maybe feels like someone's taking your place and no, what you're saying is it's so important for them again, to be forming these bonds with other Christian believers. Um, those mentors will be pointing back and affirming to the parents and, you know, moms and dads, we, all of us in our teen years, we all, you know, kind of stepped away from mom and dad for a while. And then you end up coming back that sort. And I think sometimes as a parent, you kind of hope like, oh, well, that's not going to be me. We're just going to be great pals, you know, forever. And they're always going to be coming and eh, you know what, not, not exactly so, but this is so important. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I can tell you from 15 years of doing this that I have yet to be asked to, uh, come and be there in a bridal suite whenever the daughter is picking out the bridal gown. And mm -hmm. when the girls come home for Christmas break, they don't come home to see me. They may drop in one evening, but they're coming home to see mom and dad. And so parents don't fear that. You are still going to end up being the one they circle back to. So just let mentors like myself who have gifting and being able to speak in and show acceptance to your child, let us help you in these formative years. Hoorah. Now, what are some practical ways parents can start doing this uh, just within their own church? Um, or heck, if you're local to the DFW area, you know, uh, you can pour into to dolls as well. But how, how can parents start start setting the groundwork? Because this this isn't something that I mean, you can it's it, it's better to get be proactive about it and start figuring out, OK, where can my kids plug in? Who can I start maybe pointing them to at younger ages than, you know, in the midst of, of the crazy teenage years and just being like, go, go find someone. What are some practical ways that you can help or that parents can can get involved in this and start uh, having their kids reach out? I think the most important thing that you can do as a parent, and this is something you guys are already doing naturally anyway, because you love your children. You're watching and looking for their giftings mm. and you're seeing them and you're, you're picking up on them. So look for those giftings that you have, you're seeing in your child. They very well may be their spiritual gift. And so if you've got a daughter, like for example, who she's super organized and you're starting to see in her that she's really got that mind for category and um, structure, she may have an administrative gift. Mm. Or if you've got a daughter or a son who is very social and makes everybody feel very, very welcome in a, whenever they come into a room, you may have someone who's got that gift of hospitality. These are all gifts. We could go on forever. Um, they're all gifts that the Lord gives to the church mm -hmm. for the good of the body of Christ and for his glory. And so your job as a parent is to begin to identify what those giftings are. And then I would say from there, that's going to direct you on how you can facilitate that mentor relationship. So look at your, your child's gifting and then start looking at the lay of the land of your individual congregation at church. Who also shares those giftings? Is there a mm -hmm. woman that you see in the church who's constantly stepping in 
and she's hosting gatherings at her home. And you also see that your daughter has that very uh, hospitable, welcoming, loving personality. Maybe you can go to that person and ask them, hey, would you be willing to let my daughter tag along the next time you host that event? Um, maybe you can, you know, just subtly encourage your, your daughter, hey, I feel like she could use your help there. And then next thing you know, she's going to end up looking at that lady at the church and it's not going to take much for her to look up to her because mm. she already knows your daughter is going to innately feel gifted the way that God has wired her. And she's going to see that gifting in the other woman and it's going to click for her. It's going to go, oh my goodness, this is how that looks played out. And you mom and you dad, you may not have those, those giftings yourself, but that woman over there does. And so now you get to place your child in their lives where they get to come alongside and now they're working out that gift. Oh, no, that is perfect because it, it affirms so many great things. For one, it shows that, yes, we have giftings in a variety of ranges and they can be used for the glory of the kingdom. And I think one thing, especially with how social media is so prevalent in teen culture, they can, think, they can almost be shepherded by social media to perform in a way for the validation of others. And it isn't necessarily productive for the kingdom. And oftentimes, especially with girls, they can be subtly manipulated into performing in ways that don't bring glory and honor to themselves. I Either. So I love that you point out that, okay, everybody, every child, um, we all have these giftings, recognize those and help shepherd them for the furthering of the kingdom through mentorship from other people who share those giftings. And another thing that I, I love to tell you pointed out that their giftings may not be the same as yours. Cause I know my son, he's, he's 14 and he's talented with the guitar and we have no idea where this came from. Like he just picks it up and he's like, burr, burr, you know, um, and we're just, we're floored. Like I, I can't do any of that. Neither can my husband, but it's like, Oh, here's a great thing. He loves music. He loves soul, that sort of thing. A, a natural place to fit him would be, okay, well, let's start looking for the other cool guitar guys at church who are playing within the worship team and start using that gift that he naturally has. And that opens opportunities to be shepherded by others. Because, you know, I think as an adult too, when you see someone who you see like a younger you, you want to get them further than where you achieved, right? Yeah. You want to nurture them. And it's really, you're not just helping the kid, but you're also giving the adult. It's kind of that whole Peter, what is it? Peter and Timothy, the old saying, everybody needs a, or no, everybody needs a Paul and everybody needs a Timothy. That's right. And, yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it really, you're all, you're not only doing ministry with your kiddos and helping your kid flourish within the church, but you're also allowing other godly adults to be able to sh sharpen their giftings to pour into right. other kids. Yeah. Your church is filled with people who are gifted in various different ways. And they're also looking for how they can use their gifts to disciple the next generation. And so take advantage of that. Don't be afraid to leverage the people around you. I know for myself, um, in my church, I felt nervous about stepping in and becoming that for someone. So maybe mm -hmm. a, a good tip for parents is if you see your child gravitating towards a certain person in your congregation, it wouldn't hurt to go up to that man or that woman and just say, hey, I just want you to know that I've, given, I've totally blessed this relationship. You speaking into my child is a grace to me. So feel free. Do not mm. hold back. Like I want my child to emulate you. Mm. Oh, that is awesome. Gosh, thank you. Ah, this is so fun. This is, and it's so practical and necessary for kids uh, that are out there right now. And oh, I'm just loving this, scale. So for those people who are fortunate to be in the DFW area, now Dolls is, 
is a great ministry because you're equipping teens to go and speak into their schools, but you have schools all over and I believe you guys have chapters. Yes. So can you kind of give a little more information to where if we've got folks who are local or maybe people who are not local that are ready to kind of be like, you know what, this is something I can totally get behind. You know, how, how would they, how would they facilitate that? How would they get into contact with you? How can this how can we make this happen, basically? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can go to our website. It's dollsheadquarters.com, and you'll find a wealth of information about us on there. We operate specifically in the Dallas-Fort Worth area currently. Uh, we're really just trying to get our specific, if you want to call it a tool, mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of how we refer to it. We're getting our tool really fine-tuned while we're local here with the goal that if the Lord ever wants to blow the roof off of this thing and have us go nationwide, we will be ready and we'll be faithful in that. Um, But so if you're in the DFW area and you've got a a spiritually mature young lady on your hands, we would love to hear from you because she's got religious liberties on her public school campus that we can put in play for the glory of God. Um, And if you're not in the DFW area, know that those religious liberties are still yours. Mm. If you're in New York, if you're in California, I know people think that that's crazy to hear, but the same laws that give us the liberty to do what we're doing here in Texas are available to you in California. And so your child can go into their public schools and start a religious club on their campus to minister to their peers. Uh, It's called the Equal Access Act. That's what Mm. allows us to do this. And it's the act that basically they passed that said, if any campus organization uh, exists on a campus, they have opened what's called a limited open forum to the campus. And so they cannot discriminate against any other organization starting, especially on the grounds of religion. Mm. So actually in this wall here to the ne- uh, to the side of me, on the other side of it, there's a law firm called First Liberty. And that's exactly what they do. They spend their entire life um, fighting cases where people are having their religious liberties um, oppressed. And we have every reason to know that our our students can go into the schools and share their faith. Hoorah. Hoorah. And then, gosh, let's encourage kids to, to just cling on to that because yeah, especially today, there's so much cancel culture going on and no, the Lord is still working. And sometimes he, he works best in tense situations. So yeah, if you've got a kid and youth leaders out there, if you've recognized kids within your youth group who have taken that step in faith and who have that heart for evangelism, for outreach, for hospitality, all of those great things, start empowering your kids, giving the parent, give your parents resources on how they can, how they can help shepherd their kids. Because some of the greatest pastors started as, you know, young teens who were just on fire for the Lord. And sometimes we think, oh no, they're just not ready for that. They're too young. And no, don't, don't look down on them because they're young. Instead, equip them to be stronger in the faith. It's a muscle that needs that tension, that needs that practice. And so let's start giving our kids that practice. Yeah, that's absolutely right. We, uh, we laugh because our girls, they leave us and here they are 18 years of age and they go Mm -hmm. off to college. Um, and they have confidence now in their gifts because yeah. we've given them four years, five years, six years, some of them to exercise those muscles. And so when they go off to the college level, here they are picking churches for their first time. They're not going as a family. They're just solo girl in the body of Christ at local church a, mm. and 
they immediately, they can't even help themselves because those muscles are so in tune to this at this point. They jump in and they start serving the body. And so we have 18 year olds now who go off to college and I'm hearing stories about how they're discipling their pastor's young children. Mm. They're, um, they're leading the ladies uh, devotional for one of the lady, women's uh, groups there. They're not afraid to use their gifts. And it's all because we've given them the opportunity to use those muscles. Oh yeah. No. And that's awesome. Especially if you've got kids going off to college, I mean, gosh, sending them off prepared and equipped is huge. So, oh, I love this. I thank you so much, Gail, for coming on and just sharing your wisdom and your ministry, because it is, it's going to be so helpful to other moms out there and maybe get some of these parents who have been so hesitant. You know, you want to, you want to keep your little schmoopy, your little schmoopy, but you know, we were charged to raise adults and warriors for the kingdom and let's start training, get your kiddos out there. So thank you so much. You know, you mentioned dollsheadquarters.com. That's the best way for them to reach you. Are you guys on social media at all? Or is that just kind of like- We're on Facebook and we're on Instagram, um, but we are probably more on Facebook for the sake of the parents. So if you really want to look for us, go there. Hoorah. All right, folks, there you have it. Great podcast here with practical tips on how you can help nurture the spiritual development of your kiddos and help uh, utilize the resources that are within your church and those godly people around you to help your children flourish and develop into godly adults. Gail, thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it. And we hope everyone listening that you have an amazing rest of the day. This has been a Mama Bear Apologetics recording. To learn more about Mama Bear Apologetics, please visit us on the web at www.mamabearapologetics.com. We hope you learned a little more about how to sift through ideas, accept the good, reject the bad, and now you can go teach your kids to do the same. Do you have any questions or maybe some ideas about future podcast episodes? Send us an email to askthemamabears at gmail.com and we'll do our best. Rise up, ladies. Rise up, mama bears. We are all in this together.